Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Jewelry isn't a gift you give just once. It's a way to remind your loved one of a beautiful moment every time they see it. Blue Nile can help you find the gift that says how you feel and says it beautifully with expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com and experience the convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com to find the perfect jewelry gift for any occasion. BlueNile.com. As the Nationals are strike away from franchise history and some World Series history. Swing and a miss! Swing and a miss! Swing and a miss! And a World Series Game 7 winning Curly W is in the box! It's not a dream! It's not a desert mirage! It's Lord Stanley! And he is coming to Washington! Oh, great crossover. Got Just him. Just Fournier. <laughs> hey, that's called getting put on skates. Down to two, down to one, and the Washington football team with the upset in Pittsburgh, handing the Steelers their first loss of the season, coming back from 14-0 down. What a win. The show by the fans for the fans. Covering all four major sports in the District of Champions. It's the DC Crossover Podcast with your hosts, Mike Cerrone and Ben Simpson. Hello and welcome to another episode of the DC Crossover right here. On the Contender, if you're listening to it on the app, that's Contender with a K. You can also find us on Apple, on Spotify, wherever you consume your podcast. That is Mike Cerrone. I am Ben Simpson. This is episode 84, I believe. I think we're at 84. I think you did yes. 83 last week solo. It is 84 this week. I am back. Thanks how, how do you to say Mike that in for, Spanish, by the way? How do you say that in Spanish? Zero uh, percent chance that I'll know that. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> thanks for holding down the fort last week. Yep. Um, yeah, just briefly for anyone who's curious, um, I was out because I don't know if you've read about the recent recall on onions in, uh, like in America really, but like in our area and things uh, like that, there's this big onions. recall, um, going on and, uh, it's for salmonella and things like that. Where basically oh. they're saying like, if you go on the, uh, on the news, it will say like, Throw away your onions. Like any onions you've bought in the last month, throw them away. Well, uh, a week or so ago, I got um, some uh, some delightful food from from an Indian restaurant, and it's not even about them being an Indian restaurant that got me sick. I, it's literally, I think, the onions, the salmonella, uh, and <laughs> the next the next the day, Mike, I was in trouble all night long. Uh, the, sh- the shivers, the the vomiting, the sweating all over the place bad shape and it took me till about yesterday to finally start feeling better i mean it it literally knocked me out for like a week i couldn't really talk my throat was all messed up so i'm just glad we're finally back and am i able to actually speak into a microphone again wow i I, now we know what the culprit is to that whole entire sickness because it kind of came out of nowhere you said and then all of a sudden now it's like man now we now we know it's this damn onions yeah, I think that's that's my theory. My theory was because I'm seeing all these recalls on the salmonella stuff, I'm thinking that. And yeah, my throat was like scarred up from from the sickness and I like I said I like could barely talk for like a week, uh which for everyone around me is probably great. I mean, they're like, "Wow, finally." <laughs> right, right. He right. shuts up, but for a podcaster, it doesn't really work out. So Mike had to hold down the fort on that, but uh, I'm feeling good. We're Onions back in the horrible. saddle here. Onions are What'd horrible. Onions are Onions? just horrible. 
Well, these were like it wasn't like I was just eating raw onions in the meal. It <laughs> like was like, app, like I think apple. they were part. Of, so I, I got uh, butter chicken, which is my favorite thing to get from Indian place. Got it. And and they're like used in the in the sauce and things like that. They're used in it. You don't really taste them or anything. Um, but uh, yeah, apparently I did, I, and it was not good. It was it was pretty bad. Onions and, are the worst. Uh, onions by themselves and in a lot of things, I I agree with you. I like onions when you can't necessarily even tell that they're there. Um, okay. I like a little onion powder. I use uh, uh. onion powder sometimes in like cooking and stuff like that. But yeah, I'm with you. I'm with you. I'm on team. Like, I'm not a giant fan of onions. The funny thing is, I'm a weird person when it comes to onions because, first of all, I hate onions. Now, I had Chinese food last night. Now, the diet's not really working out for me so well. Oh, uh, that's all right. Same here. So I, got, <laughs> <laughs> I got it right. Uh, it never really does. But I had Chinese food last night. And my girlfriend's ordering, and then all of a sudden, I was ordering, and she saw me write down, I don't want onions or broccoli in my fried rice. So, okay. And I hate when people do that, because even when you type it in sometimes, they put it in there, and you just get so tilted right. over it. But right. she started laughing. She was like, oh, here we go again, because I just don't like onions. Now, when you think about onions, it's kind of weird, because I will eat a blooming onion, or I'll eat onion rings and stuff like yeah, you that. you like fried. Because fried it's fr- anything is yeah, good. Yeah, exactly, because it's I'm fried. And it's a little. It doesn't taste like that and stuff like that. Like my dad laughs at me. He's like, well, "Why are you eating this?" And I'm like, "Because it tastes different. It's not like I'm sitting there, yeah. like you, like like you said uh, earlier. It's not like you're eating a raw onion. I'm not sitting there saying, okay, let me chop some onions up and put on my burger. Like I don't want. Yeah, that like stuff. on the burgers from McDonald's. Like when you get the McDonald's oh, I hate and things that. like that. Yeah, I hate they'll put that. the little the Stupid little onions diced on there. onions. Yeah, no, I'm with you on that. Who I usually wipe, them, so wipe them off. Um, and there's a lot of things that yeah on the onion side. I'm with you. I'm I'm with you on this. I'm with you on this. Right. I think I'm not I'm not uh, against. Uh, by the way, I'm no food shaming on this show. If you don't like something, then oh, I it's am. totally reasonable Ben's for you the nice to, one here. for you to put it on <laughs> your thing and say, "Hey, I don't want this." I I I am very uh I, I don't food shame unless you're yeah, unless you're eating like an idiot, I guess. Like you're you're like uh like the people that don't eat uh, anything that we like, like fried stuff and right. or like meat and things like that. It's like that's a whole nother that's a whole yeah. other thing. Onions. Onions um, are off my list. Anti onion podcast here. Uh before we get into the rewind, I did want to mention real quick, so you also you watched Squid Game also, right? Of course I did. A while like a couple weeks ago. Okay. Yes. Uh, we won't touch we won't like get into spoilers or touch on this much. But I was curious which of the games do you think you would have been best at? I, I've been best. thinking about this all day. Yeah, really? because I just finished it yesterday, or this uh, I just finished it today. How'd you watch lunch. it, by the way? How'd you watch it? How did I watch on Netflix? What do you no, mean? No, 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 like, like, because everyone says, like, oh, did you watch the dub version? Did no, you no, watch you do the... sub, sub, sub. Okay, yeah, yeah, sub. So Korean with English subtitles. So, uh, I was curious, yeah, which game? Because I was thinking about this too. And for those who haven't seen it, go watch it on Netflix. It's a pretty, pretty incredible show, I will say. It was, it was, it was really good. But there's these various games that the participants have to play in, and if they lose, they die, pretty much. Um, but I was curious because I was thinking about this myself. Because you got the red light, green light game, yeah. which is, you know, relatively simple, but at the same time, one wrong move, one wrong stumble, and uh, it's not going to go well for you. I mean. I mean, no. but think about that that red light. It's not like the you know the regular one. It's like no. If you like, I mean, it's you're getting scanned. Like so, all yeah. of a sudden, if you blink, I have a any I have a, move, any if, movement. If you you're blink, dead. it's like oh, poo, poo, you know, you're done. It's like, and then you got the the honeycomb game where they had to like carve the shape out of the honeycomb, and if you got if you accidentally cracked a little bit of the shape, you were done. So see, ya. that one was a little nerve wracking. I would yeah. say like that one run. I, w- I was thinking about that. I was like, what if I crack the thing, but I hold it up and I'm covering it with my finger a little yeah. bit? <laughs> yeah. I-, I-, I was thinking the exact same thing. I was like, if I get that circle, I'm telling you right now, I am literally doing something with that. that- think about it. Obviously, and I don't understand how the lady didn't get caught with the, the-, the, with the lighter. lighter. Like, she's just sitting I mean, there. cameras uh, everywhere. Yeah, underneath a stupid slide. And they there- say in the show, they're like, nobody should get an unfair advantage. Like, that's the whole big thing. She had an unfair advantage. She had a lighter. And there's cameras. It's like a TV show. Show. <laughs> yeah. You know, like what's going on here? No, I'm with you on that. Okay, and what was then the like next when one? she gave the lighter to the other person, yeah, it's like how drop, did nobody just, see just that? Just drops it. They have like ten workers in there, just like watching over everybody. Instead, instead of this lady's making a freaking bonfire underneath the slide. It's like, <laughs> it was, what you, I mean, what are you doing? Did nobody smell the lighter going off? I don't get it. But and then there was like, uh, I mean, the marble game wasn't even really like a game because yeah. they, they just all played their own thing. Uh, but the main, the first like couple games were the ones where you're like, all right. 
if I had to participate in this. Because there was also um, Tug of War. Tug of War was a big one, too. I feel like you and I would be good tug of war people. Yeah, because the okay, so I would choose tug of war because obviously the 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 pain glass thing, you're just screwed. I mean, this is yeah, honest. that's just that. Hey, we're, we got screwed with our bets this weekend. Yeah. That's basically we basically did the the, the glass thing <laughs> to ourselves. <laughs> yeah, and that, that so that's yeah that that one's out. I think the tug of war thing because tug of war is more strategy than pure strength. Obviously, right, they right, always right. say put your strongest guy in the back. And then obviously you, he is the one that's the captain that's directing everything. Right. Um, but when you're looking at it, that would have to be the one because hey, I mean the only problem with that one and the and the, the glass one is that like when you're done, like I mean the other ones at least you get shot. Like I mean this one, like you're falling, you're like, well, I'm, I lost. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Brutal. Yeah. Brutal. So I would oh, yeah, go I'm with, with you. I think tug of war too. I think you you and I were low center gravity guys. We're strong. We can just sit there in the back and just like you know help carry the team a little bit. Yeah, we would be chosen. We would be chosen as as, a, yeah. as teammates rather than you know the old guy. Oh yeah, they'd be going around to us and being like, hey, do you want to be on my team for this uh, whatever is going on next? Yeah. And we'd be like, yeah, sure. Yeah, sure. But you gotta right. like look around at your other team members, make sure I'd be looking over you at team six or whatever, and I'm team four. Yeah, just like, what's up, man? <laughs> Good luck. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and then they sit there and they're like, all right, we team don't four choose against you. team four against team six. Hopefully we don't choose each other for marbles. Uh, <laughs> you know yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, no more spoilers. I won't say anything else, but I was just curious. <laughs> I wanted to get your thoughts just because you've seen the show as well. Uh, let's get into the rewind here. We'll talk briefly about the recent week in uh, D.C. sports. A lot to talk about, really. Uh, I'll start with the Washington football team. Two and five now, second place in the NFC East, which is the wild thing about all this. The NFC East is still so bad that the Washington football team could be two and five and be in second place. Right. Uh, lost to Green Bay 24 to 10 the other day. Uh, yeah, kind of a rough game we're going to get into with actual breaking down of the game itself. But Heineke 25 for 37, 268 yards, a touchdown and a pick, 10 carries for 95 yards. Antonio Gibson, 14 carries, 51 yards. Uh, had a couple catches as well. J.D. McKissick, four carries, uh, 22 yards, four catches on six targets. Ricky Seals-Jones, six catches on seven targets, 51 yards. Uh, Terry McLaurin, I mean, offensively, one of the best players of the day, seven catches, 122 yards, and a touchdown. Defensively, though, John Allen, two sacks. Montez Sweat, a sack as well. Uh, and, again, the Washington football team loses 24-10. to 10. I'll turn things over to Mike for the Washington Capitals. The Washington Capitals are 2018 Stanley Cup champs of the Capitals. 3-0-2, second in the Metro Division. Obviously, second in the Metro Division really doesn't really matter right now because it's so early in the season. But they had three games over our last week uh, prior to our last episode. Tuesday, they beat Colorado, a good avalanche team, 6-3. That was just a drubbing against Colorado. Uh, they had that game in hand very early. Kuzi with two goals and an assist in that one. Ovechkin gets another goal, career goal number 734. Uh, Jensen, Mantha, and Dowd also scored. Mantha's goal ended a 17-game drought, so that's good to see. He actually had a really nice goal as well. You kind of saw it coming uh, as they had a nice uh, dump in the zone, and then he had a wide-open chance. Uh, Thursday, they beat New Jersey 4-1. to Anthony Mantha scored again. Orlov, Kuzi, and Sprong all scored. Uh, so Ovechkin also got two more points, two assists, and Vitek Vanacek had a really nice game as well, saving 25 of 26 shots. Saturday, lost in overtime to the Calgary Flames, 4-3. It was not that bad of a game because they were down so fast. They actually came back uh, and uh, when they were 3-0 down and came back in the second period, scored three and also tied the game 3-3. Three three. Lost in overtime 4-3, though. Uh, Elias Lindholm for the Flames got a hat trick. Ovechkin scored and got an assist. So two more points for your boy uh, within six goals now. Brett Hall uh, for fourth all-time. Kuzi got another goal. Uh, Martin Faravari got his first ever goal as a cap. And Ilya Samsonov replaced Vitek Vanacek to start the second period uh, and had a nice little outing as well. But overall, not a terrible week for the Caps. We'll get into that a little bit later. Moving on to the Washington Wizards, Mr. Simpson. Yeah, the Wizards went 2-0 to start the season, uh, beating the Raptors on Wednesday in the season opener, 98-83. I mean, beat them handily. Uh, 
Uh, Beal, 23 points, 4 assists, 3 rebounds, 4 steals. You had Harrell make his Wizards debut, and it was a great one. 22 points off the bench, 8 rebounds as well. Spencer Dinwiddie, the new point guard for this team, played well. 13 points, 6 assists, 4 rebounds. Kyle Kuzma, another Wizards debut. He had a double-double, 11 points and 15 boards, hit a couple threes. Denny Avdia, his sophomore season, got started. Eight points, seven rebounds, two steals. Decent game from him. Uh, Davis Bertans, 0 for 3 from deep, did not play well in that game. And Holiday as well did not look good in that first game. He had three turnovers. Uh, kind of one of the guys that's going to be in that guard mix with Neto and things like that in the backup spot. Uh, but he didn't play well in that game. On Friday, the Wizards win again, a game that I kind of wrote off because yeah. no Beal uh, with him <laughs> being hurt. And I kind of figured I, I even bet against the Wizards in that game. I thought Indiana would win this. And the Wizards, I'm happy, I'm happy they proved me wrong. 135-134 overtime win. Spencer Dinwiddie, great game, 34 points, 9 assists, 6 rebounds. Hit six threes in this game as well. Just went bonkers. Kyle Kuzma added 26-11 and, and five threes. Uh, Davis Bertans, great game for him. Bounce back, 17 points off the bench, hit four threes. Harrell, another solid outing, 14 points, seven rebounds, that bench scoring. Raul Neto, who, again, I don't want on this team, but he had a great game, 18 points. And Corey Kispert makes his Wizards debut, went one for two from the fields, uh, scored two points, a rebound, an assist, a steal, filling up the stat sheet. And the Wizards in this game shot 50% from downtown, 19 for 38. Gotta love that. Yeah. You're gonna win a lot of games if you are shooting 50% from downtown. Uh, we'll get into the new look wizards here in a moment, but first, let's start with the Washington football team. By the way, I did leave Mike hanging last week on the edit. If you listen to the show, <laughs> Mike was uh, you know how we play those little sounders before before each team. Mike Mike uh, sounded like I was going to be playing it because I wasn't here. <laughs> he, he said the, the names and stuff, and then nothing would play for like seven seconds, and he started talking. <laughs> that was that was on me, people. So if you're like, what's Mike doing? Why is he pausing for 10 seconds? I, w- I went back and listened to it. I started dying laughing. That oh, was, yeah. That's, I, my, that's my fault. Hand was, up, everybody. It was, it was pretty funny. Uh, but yeah, Washington football team, as we mentioned, uh, loses in Green Bay. Um, there's a lot to talk about with this one, Mike. Yep. Um, Obviously, we didn't get a chance to preview the game last week because uh, I wasn't here. But I'm sure you, you know, you you obviously talked a little bit about it. But um, if you look at some of the stats of the game and you watch some of the highlights, you and you didn't look at the final score, you would possibly think that this team actually won in Lambeau <laughs> with the way. I mean, the fact that they were able to. Uh, Outgain the opponents from the yard perspective. Uh, this team was in the red zone a lot. You had the defense with the sacks and pressuring Aaron Rodgers. And, uh, you know, this was a surprisingly winnable game in Lambeau. And, of course, they, they did not get it done. Um, so I guess you, your initial thoughts on on this one, I'm curious to hear. So the biggest thing was for this game was to hopefully somehow improve. Don't expect to win the game, but improve on the aspects that we've been struggling on. I said it in the uh, Washington football team's post-game show for the contender. Once again, uh, also follow the contender at the contender with a K on Twitter and also download their app. Uh, But when I did the post-game show two weeks ago after their uh, bad loss, to who was am I think who am I thinking of um, the uh, Chiefs when I did the post game I, I started off with things that they, they that they needed to improve the problem was is that they didn't do pretty much any of that uh, after the second half or after the first half the first half wasn't even that good but somehow we were leading but then you look at this game totally different story Chiefs have a bad defense. The Green Bay Packers don't really have the best defense. I would say they're back half of the NFL. Yeah. Problem is, though, is that in this situation, you have Aaron Rodgers on the other side. You have Devontae Adams on the other side. You got Robert Tunyon. You got a bunch of – I always feel like Green Bay just has, like, a ton of tight ends. Like, it just feels like they have, like, a million – like, Mercedes Lewis, Robert Tunyon. They got a lot of big boys. Yeah, it's a lot of big guys uh, catching <laughs> passes. But, you know, when you look at uh, the Packers, I think the Chiefs – 
going one, you know, head to head. I think the Chiefs may win that game just because if, if obviously if Mahomes is still alive. I don't know now. I uh, don't know. Mahomes is off, man. Yeah. that's a whole other story. <laughs> so I just, I just don't know. I mean, because that's the thing is you have to go into that game thinking that you're not going to win, especially when the the betters out there were nine and a half point spread, which obviously they didn't cover. Uh, they should have easily. Um, but you had to improve on different things. Don't go in there thinking that you're going to win. Go in there thinking that you're going to improve this ball club. Problem is, they went in there. They played very well. I would say very well because they held Aaron Rodgers uh, and that whole entire offense to only 300 yards, which is an, an improvement. Um, I don't know the exact average, but that is usually an improvement. 24 points, which has been a definite big improvement. Huge. Because we've been letting in almost th- what thirty uh, thirty three point seven. Oh, I mean I the defense was. was tremendously better this yeah. game, Mike. So that's the thing is you had to go out there and improve. And when you're looking at how much the defense improved, now I don't know exactly, which we'll get to in a second. When Landon Collins got moved to linebacker, as everyone's been clamoring for, yeah, was that really the situation? How this defense improved? Now I don't know, but. It won't be the only reason, but hey, give him credit. Played game, team high, seven tackles, one for a loss, two for no gain, recovered a fumble. Uh, This guy, it's almost as if, you know what's, uh, and I'll I'll throw it back to you, but you know what is most troubling is that it took this long for this coaching staff to be like, hey, Landon Collins should probably be playing linebacker. (laughs) That is the scariest part about all this. It's like we had to watch Landon Collins suck in the secondary for uh, however many weeks, six weeks, until the coaching staff goes, yeah, maybe this guy does suck at this position. Maybe he should be a linebacker. Right. And then he does great. Why? We're not, and we're not paid to professionally evaluate these guys, and these guys are. Why are they not thinking of this stuff earlier? That's what's a little scary to me. Right, and you mentioned it. Seven uh, total tackles, seven that were solo, which is the biggest thing. Because mm-hmm. you, you, you just can't see, you can't look at a guy like Landon Collins and say, well, this guy should be moved immediately. Now, I understand that they did that uh, later, which was this past week, and he was pissed about it. But, I mean, he had probably his best game of the season so far. And that's the biggest thing is you're looking at this team, and they improved. But you have to go into one of these games and check off boxes uh, to, for an upset rather than go in there thinking, oh, yeah, you know, if we we stand toe to toe with them, you know, then we can probably win. No, you got to give your chance, your yourselves the best chance to win. And in this case, I had a few boxes. I'll I'll, I'll make uh, note of real quick before we dive into it. Outgain your opponent. They did. Gain more time of possession than your opponent. Keep Aaron Rodgers, one of the greats, off the field. They did six minutes more time of possession, and make them one dimensional. They did. Aaron Jones was 37 yards below his average per game. He only had six carries for 19 yards. Okay, so when we're looking at that, those boxes were checked. And then when we look at what happened in the game, for me, it's all on coaching. Because you can't say that Taylor Heineke didn't go out there and play a damn good game. You can't say Terry McLaurin went out there and didn't play well. This time, you can't say the defense didn't play well either because, I mean, if you look at it, yeah, they did score 24 points, the Packers did. But once again, the Packers are one of the better offenses in the league. And when you're averaging 33 points, you basically undercut your average by nine points for defense. And we actually showed up. We looked well. We had three sacks in the first half. We showed up. We actually did things. But the coaching is my biggest gripe, I would say, about this whole entire game because I'm all for going for it all. I'm all for, you know, and we're going to talk about, uh, touch on the Lions, I I would assume, here soon too, (laughs) Uh, you know, as they had the revenge game for Jared Goff. But, this is a game where, again, they have a gauntlet of four games. The Broncos probably not so much anymore, but the Chiefs, the Packers, and the Bucks. When you're looking at those three games, you got to steal one of them. This was the game to steal, and they screwed it up because, yes, they went for it all and stuff like that instead of playing it safe, which I'm all for every now and then, but you can't keep going for fourth down after fourth down after fourth down. you got to take some points at some point, and that's what screwed them over because they checked all those boxes I just mentioned, and when you're looking at it right now, Coaching failed them. Yeah, I guess they're scared. I mean, now with Hopkins gone and blew it in, I think they're still trying to feel out the kicker kicker position, which, again, you've got to have somebody in there that you trust and and is going to help you win football games because uh, kicking is a weapon at times, and if you can take those points when you get them, like you said, you've got to be able to do so. I will, on one note, you said, I mean, 
I will say, yes, this loss is not on Taylor Heineke. I'm not putting it on his shoulders at all. But I will mention uh, that the guy is still not playing great, great football. Oh, He's yeah, still yeah, yeah, making yeah. some big mistakes. I mean, he did have two fumbles. Uh, one of them he lost. The other one he was able to get back. He had the pick, which was another terrible pass in the end zone. Um, he had this whole situation where the guy has a chance to dive into the end zone and score a touchdown, and he gives himself up and, and falls down. And, and right call, he was short on the play. And it's like this is a guy that's the gunslinger that's who gets a lot of rush yards and things like that. And I was just surprised that the guy didn't go barreling into the end zone like we've seen him do day in and day out. He, you know, uh took it easy a little bit on that play and it costs cost this team points. I, I think Heineke is still not there, but your point about the coaching staff and the decision making is the bigger reason that this team lost this game. Um uh, the fourth down decision making um, being in the red zone and zero for four is just nuts. pitiful. That's pitiful. You in, in a winnable game, and and I don't. You don't normally say that about your team when they're in Lambeau. You don't normally say this team had a chance to beat Rodgers in Lambeau, and they definitely did. I mean, this could be a very different conversation today if things had gone the way they should have. Um, so, yeah, I think this coaching staff, there's got to be a lot of scrutiny on this staff right now, and that falls on Rivera, obviously, at the top um, and, and some of the other decision makers, but I'm with you. I think this this coaching staff, I think the trust level for the fans in this with this coaching staff is getting lower by week to week pretty much because of the, some of the decision-making that they're they're doing. And it, it cost them in this game. Right, and that's the biggest thing, as you mentioned, 0 for 4 in the red zone. Number one, you cannot go 0 for 4 in the red zone. I think the only other team to have that bad of a game in the red zone is your Detroit Lions. Yeah, um, sure. And uh, <laughs> that was great because they went 0 for 4 in the red zone, and I actually picked them to win that week. Um, but and I think, what was it? Was it two weeks ago when that happened? I forgot who they were actually playing at the that time. That might have been the Bears. Yeah, yeah. My, oh, yeah, it was the Bears game. That's right, that's right. Yeah. So that's the big yeah, – I like how you remember exactly what game it was. Oh, yeah. <laughs> but, Each scar on my face. Right. <laughs> uh, but 0 for 4 in the red zone is horrible because Green Bay was the worst in the league with 15 of 15 prior to this game touchdowns scored in the red zone. 15 of 15 times a team has gone to the red zone, Green Bay has led in a touchdown, and yet they stopped us every single yeah. time. Crazy. We went one for four on fourth down. I've never seen it. Honestly, I don't know if I've ever seen a team, except for college, go for four fourth downs. This is like a new thing this year. I mean, I know that there has been the 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 stat heads out there that, you know, again, the percentages, like, hey, you might as well go for it on fourth and things right, like that. Like, right. I know that that's, that's becoming a trend, though, in the league. And I, it's something to pay attention to for this season especially because, yeah, you mentioned the Lions. I mean, yeah, Dan Campbell and the Lions are going for it than, more than, like, any other team in the NFL. And then you see Washington football team go for it on fourth down a lot today. I It's some trend that's going on, and it's frustrating as a fan because you're like, okay, I get it. But at the same time, when you don't get it on fourth down, it's just you look like an idiot. Yeah. And that's the problem with the risk on that. And that's the problem, too, is that when we're talking about not taking the points. Now, again, I mentioned it before. I am all for going for it and, and taking risks because in this league, you're not going to get to the place you want to get. And you're you, on the road and you're playing the Packers. Exactly. Yeah, no, for the, sure. Pat Mahomes goes out there and he he takes fourth down. So does Aaron Rodgers. Now, we don't have those two types of guys. <laughs> no, but at the same certainly. time, when you're going for fourth and one, fourth and two, or whatever, you know, I mean, look at look at the Bills. The Bills went forward on fourth down, got screwed by the Titans, yeah. and they lost that game when they probably should have won. But you're sure. looking, and they could have easily kicked them, yeah, extra, uh, gone into overtime, and and yeah, handled their business from there. Exactly, yeah. and that's the problem is that yes, you when you're not taking the points, okay, one or two, you could see, okay, that's unfortunate. But we left over 20 points on that field. That's crazy. Over yeah, that's 20 crazy. points where we should have easily – I think, honestly – now, I didn't get the chance to watch it, but I watched the highlights because I was it was my niece's birthday and all that kind of stuff. So I had a lot of stuff going on. But anyways, the problem was is that when you see an opportunity to go out there and take points and put pressure on the Green Bay Packers where you can still you know go toe-to-toe with them, you know, punch for punch, the problem is when you don't take those points, you're taking a huge risk. High risk, high reward is always nice, but the problem is when your season is kind of on the brink, that's the issue. You can't you, yeah. you can't take those huge risks 
when your season's on the brink. You've got to try to stay toe-to-toe with a guy like Aaron Rodgers. And that's why, honestly, I put this on our outline. Next week is a must-win for me because if I don't see a win or urgency or anything and, and beating the Denver Broncos in mile high, I think the season's over. Now, there's, yeah. a, there's, a huge, there's a huge stretch of games coming up where we have all the Eagles and Cowboys games and then one more Giants game. I understand that. There's a lot of different movements. But how the Dallas Cowboys are looking right now, looking at their schedule, I, I just don't see us come climbing out of a four-game hole. It's just going to be very difficult to happen. And if we can't beat the sorry Denver Broncos, which, again, we talked about in our group text, there are a lot of teams out there right now that are looking like fakes, you know, because Denver Broncos were like 3-0. The Saints were looking decent in week Panthers one. After. Yeah, the good. Panthers. Yeah. All these types of teams that are all fakes now. And I think if we can't go out there and beat the Denver Broncos, who have a decent defense, I'm not going to say that, but their offense is not that great. So we should honestly right. go out there and try to get a few different sacks like John Allen did and Montez Sweat did. They had two really strong games. We need to win this game. If we don't win this game, seasons could put – I mean, I don't say tank, but now that we got the news that Ryan Fitzpatrick's out for two more weeks, I mean, and we got the Bucks. Great. We got the Bucks coming in. I mean, thir- <laughs> 38-3 to three or whatever the score was against the Eagles, they just kicked their ass. So, I mean, what right. the hell are we supposed to do? So it's like yeah. – it, it's just – I just think that they have to win against the Broncos because if they don't, seasons could put. If they don't, then I think that's when you start looking for assets, uh, picks and things like that. That's when you right. start trying to sell. I mean, that's what we see teams do. And I think – but the but the interesting thing about, though, that is if they lose to Denver, though, again, the division is still it's true. kind of there. I mean, that's the thing. It's like I'm with you. I, I don't – if this team loses in Denver, I feel like – Mentally, all of us as fans are like, all right, two and six at that point with still some tough games to go. This team's probably done. But that's the crazy thing is in this division, you just don't know because they could rattle off some key divisional wins. It's just yeah. it's just so wild to see. But, yeah, I, this is this was a winnable game in Lambeau. They should have won. They didn't win. Now they got to go to Denver, and uh, and we'll see what happens there. So I, we'll we'll – We'll hope that this team can get it done a mile high. I mean, Heineke's still obviously going to be the quarterback. There's not going to be any big personnel changes. It's just going to be, can this team fix some of those mistakes? Can the decision-making from the coaching staff be there and get a win in Denver? Yeah. And that's uh, that's going to be interesting to see. I don't know. Yeah. If they lose that, that might be rough. I believe that is a 425 start next weekend, people. So Or this weekend, whatever. Um, so uh, just... Just adjust your clock. So now you, you can enjoy the 1 o'clock games and then settle in for the evening time for this team. Uh, let's move on from football over to the ice. The Washington Capitals. It's funny because it's been a while since we've done a show that we've been able to bounce around all the teams. Uh, we did it when the Wiz and the Caps were in the playoffs and uh, baseball season was getting started or going and that sort of thing. So it's just fun. I mean, that's why we do the show. That's why it's called the DC Crossover is so we can touch on all these teams. It's not just a Washington football team podcast. It's not just a Caps podcast. We are able to spend some time on all these because Mike and I support all these teams. Uh, the Caps continue to play well to start the season. I mean, especially their hero, Alexander Ovechkin. I mean, 3-0 and 2, this team still has not had a regulation loss yet. Uh, they're second place in the Metro. Um, and I don't. they don't play tonight. They play Tuesday, I believe. They do play it, tonight. Or, oh, they no, do they play do play tonight. tonight. You're right, you're right. Yeah, in they're Monday, Ottawa, Friday this week. Canada. Um, yeah, so Ovi, five goals, five assists so far. I mean, the guy just doesn't slow down. It's crazy. You keep waiting for the season where you're like, ah, uh, he's going to show signs of age or he's going to slow down and things like that. And the guy just continues to just play very well, uh, as do the Caps. I mean, the, you talked about the comeback earlier with Calgary being down 3 nothing. They make the goalie change, and they're able to find some spark. And that's the, the, the thing about this team is um, they have enough talent that when they get down in those types of games, you do feel like they have a shot at getting back in the games because of the weapons that they have on offense. Um, you know, guys like Mantha, we talked about guys like Dowd, guys like obviously Ovechkin, obviously Kuzi. I mean, they've got so many different weapons both on the defense and on the offense that they can get things done. Right. Uh, and we've seen that. We've seen that throughout the season. So the Caps, Mike, the young guns playing well, the team's looking good. This is the type of start we wanted for this group. Yeah, and that's the biggest thing that I look at is the young guns because of the sole fact that I said it earlier uh, in our last episode last week 
that because Nicholas Backstrom is going to be out for at least now I, he might be reevaluated. I don't know the exact timeline, but they said kind of near early to mid November, which is a good thing because we need him. Okay, Nicholas Backstrom is one of the best centermen I would say in the entire NHL. Uh, you know, and when I say best centermen, I mean he wins faceoffs. He goes out there and has pinpoint passing. We saw it in the All Star game. What was it five years ago when he was hitting that tiny little net that was like three inches wide? <laughs> uh, you know, and, and he was he was just a monster. Skills challenge stuff. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. So. You, you know that he has the repertoire with Ovechkin and so on and so forth, TJ Oshie, because these guys have been playing together for a long time. But what I said last week was the young gun situation where you have Martin Faravari, Hendricks Lampierre, which obviously he has, has yet to start a game since the first two that he played, uh, and then obviously Conor McMichael. Uh, those are the three guys that we've seen so far. Obviously, Lapierre and McMichael are trading off places because obviously McBackstrom is out. Uh, but when you're looking at it, those guys are getting crucial playing time while we're winning. That's a huge deal because when it comes down to maybe another injury, where whether it be Tommy Wilson or TJ Oshie or with a full you, season this year too, last exactly. year a shortened season. Now we get a full full slate of games again this year. Injuries are going to happen. Exactly. So that's the biggest thing is when you're looking at this team, these guys are getting crucial playing time early off in the season. While again we are winning, Ovechkin is just cruising. He's top three in points right now in the NHL with ten. Uh, and that also includes assists, folks. So he's not just, as everyone always likes to say, especially people in Pittsburgh, oh, all he does is score goals. He doesn't do anything else. Guy's got five assists. So he's actually yeah. doing some work. Um, but I like looking, the, the shot at Pittsburgh right now. Oh, yeah. I, I, just, I hate Pittsburgh. Um, <laughs> but uh, that's the biggest thing, you know. So you're looking at it. These guys, uh, you know, Martin Faravari is only 22 years old. Uh, Hendricks Lapierre is barely old enough to, uh, to, to you know, uh, go to prom. Uh, and uh, Connor McMichael, who is our – not, I wouldn't say prize possession, but he's like pretty much our, our next up-and-coming star. He's played in the last three games, uh, and that's the biggest thing is we're looking at these guys' stats. Martin Faravari had a nice goal the other night. He had one goal, and right now he is plus five uh, in plus minus, which is really good to see for a defenseman. So whenever he's out there, he's playing really good defense. Uh, Hendricks LaPierre. Obviously, in his two games, he has one goal. He's plus one in the plus minus. Uh, but the problem is the faceoffs. Uh, Peter Laviolette has mentioned that they need to get better in the faceoffs dot. Obviously, since Nick Backstrom is out, he's one of our top two centermen. Uh, Nick Dowd has actually been playing very well inside the dot. I think he's winning over 60% of his faceoffs. And then, obviously, you have Lars Eller as well. The problem is, is that uh, Kuznetsov is, is below average right now. Uh, and overall, the average percentage uh, right now for the Caps is they're only winning 49.6, which is not good. Because, no. then, I mean, when you look at the playoffs, it's very important to start winning faceoffs because if you're in the defensive zone, you win a faceoff, you can clear it or whatever it may be for a, for a power play or something of that nature. So when you're looking at it, Connor McMichael came in there because Hendricks LaPierre in the first two games still hasn't won a faceoff. Uh, he's won as many face-offs as you and I have. Uh, so when you're looking at Conor McMichael, he is only 9 of 24, so he is like a 37%, but still, that's that's still winning some face-offs. So I think that because he's, uh, you know, probably the next up-and-coming guy, uh, I think that maybe LaPierre might switch to uh, a, a winger or something like that, but obviously he's still in 19, so we're going to give him time. He only had seven face-offs, so it's not like he had 70 million face-offs where you can say, okay, well, this guy's not winning a lot. Maybe he has a change to a winger, but I just think that these guys are getting some crucial playing time, which is a huge deal, and overall, Ovechkin's looking solid. And the funny thing is that people don't realize Ovechkin started the season at like 80%. He got hurt in the last preseason game. So when he comes right. in here and he has 10 points and the guy That's literally great. was 80% to start the season, I mean, it's just amazing to see. And honestly, these guys are, are on fire. And I think the biggest uh, stat line that right now early going that I'm looking for, you mentioned it earlier, uh, is Anthony Mantha. I'm hoping, hoping Anthony Mantha can gel with these guys a little bit more uh, after the shortened season and stuff like that to hopefully go out there and just roll. Because you're, you're, right, you're right. I mean, you're looking at guys that, that are on the Red Wings. And I always re refer back to the Red Wings because we talk about it and stuff like that. You know, when you are in a different system, you never know how you're going to gel. And in this system, it's a little bit different because it revolves around Alex Ovechkin. And it revolves. Right, he's not the guy. He, exactly. In Detroit, he was the guy. I mean, he, right. as, a wing, as a Wings fan, besides Dylan Larkin and Tyler, Tyler Bertuzzi, it was Anthony Mantha. Like, he's the yep. young stud. Like, he's the guy. And with the Caps, he gets to kind of not have that spotlight on him and just do his thing. And like you said, he could, he 
is one of the crucial X factors for this team making a deep playoff run in my eyes. I think if he is playing well, I think he he helps this team just get to a whole different level. And, and think about when Nick Backstrom comes back cuz of get oh, I was going to say I said oh, of Genny. Uh it's Evgeny. <laughs> uh that was cuz I was trying to say that he was on the same line as Ovechkin, uh, but I combined the two names. Uh the thing about it is is when Backstrom comes back, I believe that they will uh shift uh, Lars Eller, who I think is in the second line right now, down to the third line. And then, obviously, you got Nick Dowd, who's winning some face-offs. So that one, obviously, is going to be a tough uh, situation because, obviously, then one of the young guys, LaPierre McMichael, has to go back down to Hershey or whatever it may be. Or maybe they still are going to be healthy scratches or whatever. Um, but I still think that they have to be on the ice at some point, so you have to go right. put them in HL. But just looking at it, once Backstrom comes back, that's going to be a huge boost for Mantha because if he's playing with Lars Eller, there's a difference between Lars Eller and Nick Backstrom. Lars Eller, good player. I would say he's in between a, a second and third liner in the NHL. But you're looking at Nick Backstrom, and he brings him up a whole different level. So I think uh, hopefully Mantha can, as you said, take that backseat role and just like you mentioned, do his thing. Just go out there and, and, and play big boy hockey because he's obviously, what, six foot tw- 12? Yeah, he's huge. Uh, <laughs> he's, he's, he's a monster. He's a monster. And big games this week. I mean, three yeah. games. Uh, Wednesday, keep an eye on that one. My Detroit Red Wings traveling to uh, D.C. to take on the Caps. But the Wings have been pretty good, I will say. They've been playing pretty well. They're For once, they're, they're, the young guns are playing. The rookies, uh, Cider and Raymond, are playing well. But uh, the Caps, because this is a D.C. sports show, this isn't Detroit crossover, the Caps are playing real well to start the year. And uh, we'll be watching them tonight as we record this on Monday. As Mike mentioned, they'll, they'll be in Ottawa. We'll touch briefly on the hardwood here. The Washington Wizard. All right, just wanted to talk briefly about the Wizards. We'll just spend a few minutes on this uh, because it's only been two games, so we need a little more sample size uh, before we get into some some big takes and things like that. They actually play the Nets tonight, which is a big test for this team overall to show, even though the Nets haven't been that great to start the year. But still, for this Wizards team, this is – this is the type of game that they would lose uh, in previous years. So this is a pretty big game. Just like the Indiana game was a game that in the past right. I would say this team would probably lose. But um, defense has been much better. I think there's already signs of improvement uh, on the defensive side of the ball. I mean, think about that Raptors game, how low scoring it was for a long time there. And, and yeah, the Raptors aren't great. Uh, but at the same time, I mean, the Wizards last year were giving up like 120 a game. I mean, it was nuts. Um and then now, Mike, these new uh, new scorers on this team. I mean, you look at Kyle Kuzma getting a brand new start here in in DC. A guy who at one point in LA was kind of crowned as the next big thing. Um, <clears throat> didn't really ever. Uh, I mean, he always had solid years, but he was never like superstar level. In here in D.C., he can kind of fit into that third scoring option or even sometimes second scoring option, obviously with Beal being the first one. And he seems more comfortable, and he's been off to a great start. You got Harrell, who I knew that was going to be a terrific uh, guy to be able to bring in. I mean, the guy won six-man of the year, I think, two seasons ago or something like that. He's He brings the toughness, brings the rebounding, um, and he makes other guys better. He gives his team an edge. He's been really good. Um, so, I mean... Uh, the Wizards are fun to watch right now, Mike. They're 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 watchable again. Right. <laughs> it's crazy. Right. When was the last time we could say about that? Probably the Wall Porter Beal. You know those those days, I guess. But right now, I mean, this team is is actually fun because you got new faces. You got guys playing well. You got Dinwiddie running the point and playing well. Uh, and yeah, again, they've got the Nets tonight. But I'm actually enjoying watching Wizards basketball, right? despite Justin Kutcher and Drew Gooden. <laughs> exactly, despite them. Uh, the, the biggest thing, I think, when you talk about the last time we could say we were excited was the start of last year against the Sixers. Because we were right. excited. We were all texting. We were like, oh, man, this is, is going to be a great season. You know, there's this a great game, you know, blah, 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 whatever. And then all of a sudden it, it went by the wayside. And then all of a sudden they came back and had this, you know, little winning streak and kind of weird stuff last season with Russ. It was a weird year. Yeah, you're right. right. But we have to give props to Tommy Shepard. Just have to give him yeah, props because sure. he brought in Spencer Dinwiddie. He re-signed Daniel Gafford. He ended up making the big trade with Russ, getting his contract off the books, uh, John Wall's contract off the books. 
uh, you know, obviously you're looking at some other guys um, who are who are off the books now too. So we got a lot of cap space, but we also brought in, like you mentioned, Kyle Kuzma, K- KCP. And Montrezl Harrell. Montrezl Harrell. Yeah, KCP's I, been kind of quiet to start the year. I mean, he's putting up like eight, nine points a game, yeah. things like that. Defensively, though, KCP uh, does does really well. But yeah, I mean, that was another guy that could be a nice role guy. Exactly, and that's the biggest thing that I'm looking at uh, with this starting lineup because I, I will have one gripe here here in a minute. But the biggest uh, thing for Tommy Shepard is that he brought in these guys, and I think Kuzma is a huge deal because you mentioned it. He didn't really pan out too, too well, I guess you could say, uh, well in quotations uh, in L.A. But the problem is, is that they didn't really give him a chance. I mean, when right. you're there with A.D. Sure. and then LeBron and they're trading guys away because LeBron, they looked at LeBron the wrong way or something like that. <laughs> I mean, it's just like the problem is that you got to let this guy spread his wings and just go for it. And that's what you're seeing out of these first two games. I mean, the guy's going out there just balling out. And he's making a difference. Obviously, the Toronto Raptors aren't full strength. Pascal Siakam wasn't playing. And, you know, they started off hot. Like, the first couple of buckets they made, they were like, I was like, oh, here we go again. All of a sudden, they only scored 80. But then you're looking at this game, yes, with the Pacers. The Pacers, uh, you know, they have some uh, kind of nicks and crannies uh, with uh, their injuries. Obviously, Malcolm Brogdon was uh, kind of banged up a little bit. But, my, I mean, Turner had 40. Brogdon had 28. Sabonis had 28. I mean, these guys were just on fire. But you're looking at Tommy Shepard once again. We've never had bench scoring. We've never no. had bench scoring. No. I mean, literally never. And you're looking at this game uh, just in general uh, – I mean, Berton's 17 points. Now, we never know if that's really going to happen or not on a daily basis. But Harrell, 14 points. That's a huge deal off the bench. As you mentioned, sixth man of the year not too long ago. Rule Neto, who is – I still have some salt uh, with Neto because he went out there and made nine threes in a game. The very next night, I bet on him to make one three, <laughs> right, right, and he went 0-9. Right. Oh, oh, he's going to be forever your enemy for that. Oh yeah, he's, oh, yeah, he still is. But the thing is, we don't even have Rui. Rui's not even playing right now. That's so a good point. When you're yeah. looking at Rui, and and he's not even on. I mean, now I don't know if he's going to start uh, for this team when he comes back. I would assume he would. Um, but looking at it, we don't have Rui on the team right now. And these guys are going out there, and we have a ton of bench scoring. 17, 14, and 18 from three different guys on the bench. Yes, Holiday started in that game. Kind of weird. Uh, yeah, because with Beal being out. And exactly. Stuff like that. Yeah. yeah. Uh, but you're but you're just looking at it and saying, okay, you know, he's not really going to be the real starter. KCP no. not only scoring like 88 points a game or whatever, uh, but Dinwiddie went out there 34 points. We never we haven't seen that. I mean, Russ Ballers. obviously did that last year, but he's actually getting guys involved and he's you know he's just all, all everywhere on the court. Of course, I bet on bet on him in the wrong night. Uh, but at the same time, <laughs> I'm just going to keep re- re- referring my bets. But Kuzma, yeah, that's all right. Kuzma. He was a monster. He obviously had another double-double. I mean, the biggest thing when you're looking at it is that this team is now kind of like a backyard basketball team. Like, they're just going out there. They're kind of like, the, like not the rejects, but they're the guys that were on teams with superstars. Dinwiddie with the Nets. He obviously, I mean, he kind of got overshadowed, and I think he had an injury as well, obviously a major injury. Uh, right. But then you had KCP. He was never really looked at as a really great player in L.A. Kuzma, Harrell. You know, they were always side players, LeBron and AD. But now you're like, hey, Welcome to the B League. Welcome to the <laughs> Washington Wizards. Go out there and just play. And that's what they're doing. And we saw a, a, an unbelievable game against the Pacers. So kudos to Tommy Shepard for what he's done. Obviously, only two games in, but we need to see, sit there and start somewhere. And right now we have a start. But there's only one gripe that I will say until I get back to you. Daniel Gafford, you signed him. I think he is, uh, you know, after we trashed him in the first few games that we got him from the Bulls on this show – He's actually shown very, very good signs of life. And the problem is, this is the time where he's supposed to be getting minutes and showing everybody what he has because, obviously, Thomas Bryant is out. The problem that I have, 18 minutes in the Pacers game. That went to overtime. Why isn't he playing? He went four for five. He had two rebounds, which is probably what you not don't want to see, but Kuzma basically stole all of them. But I, I just don't get it. Now, I know he had four personal fouls, but the guy is a defensive monster. He had another two right. blocks. I mean, what do we – not playing it. I just don't yeah, understand. 18 minutes is nuts. Like, I mean, that's, that's, that's just, nothing. I mean, that's, that's crazy. I mean, well, even if he's in foul trouble at some point, you got to just let him go out there and, and you know, foul out if you need to. 10 but, like, people at least played. Let him play. Yeah. Ten, 10 people played. He had the eighth uh, least minutes. Well, how is that, right. that possible? I'm with you. I'm with you. I, I would chalk it up to, yeah, we've only, this is the type of stuff we have to complain about because we've only seen two games so far this season. But yeah, I, it's something to keep an eye on. It's something to keep an eye on. I, rotations are one thing that is a, 
from a fan perspective, it is so something that we can get nitpicky about at times. Um, but I'd like to make sure. I mean, yeah, Daniel Gafford needs to be playing as much as possible because you like talk I about said, defense. He's one of our best defenders. He's one of the best <laughs> defenders. There's no Thomas Bryant. There's no Rui right now down in the post either. But I mean, so a Gafford and Harrell tandem down in the post right. sounds great to me. That'd be nice. Uh, so you know, we'll, we'll keep an eye on that. The Wiz will be uh, playing some some uh, more games here soon. I actually forgot to put them on the forecast, their schedule. So when we get to that point, I'll rely on you to tell us who the Wiz play at that gotcha. point. Uh, NFC East roundup here. We just want to talk briefly about the uh, the rest of the NFC East. Cowboys, of course, were on by. They were sitting back and laughing at, at some of the other teams here uh, in, in this division as the Eagles lose to the Raiders. A good Raiders team and an Eagles team that, again, is just not very good. I mean, we had uh, – Birds podcaster or whatever, come on uh, the show and tell us this is not a good uh, Birds banter podcast. They're come on and tell Birds us podcast. this Eagles team is not very good. They lose 33-22. Jalen Hurts, a couple TD passes. Didn't have a pick in this game, which is good for him. Uh, 13 carries, 61 yards. Gainwell had some catches. Uh, Goddard had some catches, but Eagles lose the Giants. This is a game that tilted me a little bit. 25-3. Of course, I bet on the Panthers as part of my parlay, and that did not work out because they didn't even score a touchdown. Um, <laughs> Daniel Jones, Danny Dimes, 23 for 33. 203 yards and a touchdown, eight carries for 28 yards as well. The guy just runs like he's on fire when when he's out there. It's kind of kind of weird to watch, but uh, he gets it done. Danny Dimes, uh, and then in college football, Syracuse beat Virginia Tech. I know that one hurts, Mike. 41, Jesus. 36. Anything you want to say briefly about that game? <laughs> uh, I mean, it just makes no sense. Virginia Tech now has had two games where they've lost an eight-plus point lead in the last five minutes. I I just don't get it. Now, honestly, I didn't look at anything Virginia Tech over the last couple days, and I saw someone said, oh, uh, Fuente and his staff are gone or something like that. I don't believe that it's actually true. Uh, But at the same time, they need to go. There, 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 there is no room for mediocrity in the 757 area when you have all those players and you have Virginia Tech sitting there as one of the prime candidates to go, and all of a sudden you are losing guys to UVA and and you're you're seeing Virginia Tech lose to Syracuse. I mean, it's what, what is Carmelo? The program in? is not in the right direction. It's right just, it's it's just oh such mediocrity. You had Minnesota beating Maryland. That was an easy bet there, 34-16. Liberty beating North Texas after that their tough loss last week, uh, their, their terrible loss last week. They were able to come back, beat North Texas 35-26. UVA beat Georgia Tech 48-40. Kind of surprising there. For the D.C. teams, the forecast for the week, of course, we mentioned Washington football team plays at Denver, 425 p.m. The early line on that one, Denver favored by three. Uh, the Caps, Monday, Wednesday, Friday slate. You got Ottawa and then two get home games against the Red Wings and the Arizona Coyotes. Coyotes. And then uh, in the for the Washington Wizards, Mike, who do the Wizards have this week? So on Besides Monday, tonight, tonight's Nets. Yeah, tonight's the Nets at Brooklyn. Then you have at Boston for Wednesday. Thursday, back-to-back versus Atlanta. That's going to be a very tough one. This is a tough week. Yeah, yeah. Then they got Boston again on Saturday. And then Monday they have Atlanta again. Uh, oh my God! Okay, so, so this yeah. is going to show this team. This is going to show what this team has uh, early in the year. Uh, and then in the college scene, you got Virginia Tech taking on Georgia Tech, Indiana at Maryland. That's an interesting game there. Indiana's kind of better than their record, and Maryland is worse than their record. So, uh, <laughs> and then UMass at Liberty. I mean, Liberty should blow them out. Uh, and then you got UVA taking on number twenty-five BYU. The Cougars. That's an interesting one. That's an interesting one to keep an eye on. Uh, let's hit up the final lap here. Ninety seconds. Some quick analysis on some big stories in sports. Here we go. Jared Goff does not get his revenge game as the Lions fall to the Rams 28-19 and fall to 0-7. Dude, I was very excited because in that last drive when it was, what, 24-19 to or something like that, I was very right. excited. I was like, man, they're driving, they're driving, and all of a sudden it, it, did, it didn't work out. <laughs> oh, man, Jared Goff is terrible. Oh, the, Goff. Uh, the Colts beat the 49ers in the rain last night. Third win in four games for Indy. A little surprising. I had the Colts on the, the plus four. and uh, Yeah, so did I. They also screwed me with the over-under. Thanks a lot there, oh, Carson yeah. Wentz. The, over, the over-under is what, what will get you. Carmelo Anthony moves up to ninth in all-time scoring list with his big night 
last night uh, against Memphis. Carmelo Anthony, the guy can still score. Honestly, you have to give props to LeBron James because they came into the league around the same time and they're not that far off in age. And Carmelo Anthony has fallen off that much where he can still oh, yeah. he can still score, but LeBron James is still a specimen. Oh yeah, uh, even though James even, even though he doesn't play defense anymore. Yeah, right. <laughs> LeBron James is basically the same player he was like seven years ago. Yeah. Uh, you know, like he still has all the same talent. Uh, Patrick Mahomes and the Chiefs destroyed by Tennessee. Mahomes continues to throw picks and fumble the ball and just doesn't look like the same guy. Is it the Madden curse, Mike? I don't know if it's the Madden curse, but their defense sucks because the Titans just took it to them. And then Tom Brady becomes first quarterback with 600 mm. touchdown passes. And then, of course, if you saw this on social media over the weekend, you had the uh, you had Mike Evans accidentally give the ball yep. to a fan, and then uh, you had the Bucks people come back to the fan to go get the ball back. And the guy ends up getting just what a signed idiot. jersey or something, what right? An, he got so basically when the uh, official went up there and asked for the ball, the guy was like, "Oh yeah, yeah, yeah." And I saw a video of him. He was like, "It's Tom Brady. What am I gonna do?" And it's like, dude, I saw a video on TikTok where this this woman said, "I went up to an appraiser, and the appraiser said that ball was gonna be worth." At least five hundred thousand dollars. I mean, that ball he, could have funded their retirement. He I mean, he, like. he he ended up getting a thousand dollars to uh, the team store. Like, <laughs> great, that's gonna buy you oh, what three God, jerseys? So that's like, yeah, exactly. Oh my <laughs> God. And he also got his signed football time from Tom Brady. Like, what an idiot! Now, I like, and yeah. the funny thing was, I had a little conversation with my girlfriend about it last night, and she was like, "Yeah, of course you would have tried to sell." I was like, "Yeah." Because they're stupid oh. enough to, to not know it's 600 pass or 600 touchdowns where all of a sudden you could have easily sold that ball and given it right back to Canton or something like that. Or at least work in some season tickets or something. You take, here's, and, and I saw somebody tweet about this. You don't make the decision in the moment. You, t you keep the ball. You tell whoever yep. comes up to you, say, let me think about it. Here's my contact information or whatever. I'm going to keep the ball for now. Um, but I'm, we're going to... Then you move gonna, to Mexico. Yeah, right, right. But it's like, we're going to be thinking about this because, there. yeah, I mean, you, you don't make that decision in the moment because yep. that's when you make dumb decisions and you give the ball back. Yeah, 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 here you go. Like you said, that was half a million dollar ball right there. I, I mean, mean, unbelievable. Half a million dollars and you got $1,000 to go get three Leonard Fournette jerseys. Oh, it's, it's <laughs> like, bad. I mean, come on. It's bad. Uh, this is not bad. This is the Mike... Trivia, DC trivia extravaganza here. Sure. Uh, let's uh, let's get into it. One of these days, I, I just I want to hear uh, some trivia questions from you. I, need, I might need to sure. give you a, I might need to give you a stack sure. of these cards. All right. I have. You know what's funny? What is funny? Uh, one sec. Let me pick this up. Okay. You know what I have over here? Oh my gosh! Hey, you gotta okay. You gotta ask me some of those. <laughs> I that's have the same game for the exact same thing. <laughs> I know, I know. I got that for my birthday. Oh, that is nice. Um, all right, here we go. Here we go. We gotta get back to the show here. All right, but I like to know some of those, even though I probably wouldn't know any of them. Uh, yeah, you, so you know some, you know maybe. Some. All right, so here we go. College basketball. Okay. okay. What Georgetown big man played from 2008 to 2015? with the Indiana Pacers after being drafted and immediately traded by the Raptors. I'll say uh, one more time. When I think, well, hold on, I don't even oh. need it. Uh, I believe uh, Georgetown uh. Big Man, I, I think I know immediately it's Roy, Roy Hibbert, right? Damn it. <laughs> yeah, that's Roy Hibbert. Damn, yeah, I thought yeah. that was going to be a – I mean, I, I thought you would possibly get it, but I didn't think it was going to be that easy. No, no, no. I Because I, I know – You don't know Detroit sports. <laughs> Georgetown has had – Georgetown has had like a – a run of like some of of those centers because they had uh, Drummond Greg was Georgetown center or Greg Monroe that's who it was yeah Dr Drummond was Connecticut but um, here we go how about uh, let me ask you a quick uh, Detroit uh, sports question hit me here. hit me with it um, let's go with so this will be I mean there's just no chance you get this but <laughs> I, uh, we'll see uh, who scored the most goals in the 2002 playoffs including key goals in Game Three and Four of the Stanley Cup Final. For the Red Wings, obviously. Uh, oh, it's for the Red Wings. Uh, I want to I mean, say I, I, I didn't know this either. No. Oh, you didn't know it? Okay. Oh well. I wouldn't have gotten it off the top of my head. Though. Um. Well, I was gonna say. Uh, um. Uh. Was it? It's not Lindstrom, is it? No, no. And actually, I'll give you a huge hint. The guy's name has been brought up on this show today. Well, it's not Iserman. 
No. Uh, oh, uh, Peter Laviolette. No, he's on the he's <laughs> on our sheet from Saturday when the Caps lost to the an overtime to the Flames when Ovi scored and he got within six goals of the Colorado. Oh, wait, oh, Brett Hall. Yeah, Hall. I would I never have got that. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> the only Red Wings guys I know. You don't like, think of Brett Hull. I mean, like, yeah. I mean, I know Brett Hull played for the Red Wings, and I remember him on the team and stuff like that. But he's not like the guy that you think of with that team. Like, like you said, like a Lindstrom or Iserman or yeah, you know, whoever. Well, that's why um, I, I, I like the one. The guys I know for the Red Wings are the guys that are playing the last you know five six years, and then those guys in the early two thousands. Yeah, Fedorovs and, and things yeah, like the that. dynasty all, guys, all the key guys. Uh, let's get into the money line. Um, and we talked about bloodbath betting weekend. It wasn't good for me on the money line as well. You you went one for one, I believe. So yeah. or one and one. So you had a fine five hundred week, but I got uh, some bad beats again. Coastal Carolina losing to Appalachian <laughs> State. I mean, that's a killer. Yep. That was my lock. Oh, my <laughs> I lost my lock too. Uh, so I'm hoping this week's better. Pittsburgh minus eleven and a half against Miami. It's a good bet. Uh, that's my lock. And then my dog, I had to do it because it's MSU Michigan week. I have to do this. Michigan State, three and a half uh, dogs against Michigan. I mean, this way, at least if they keep it close, they lose by three, I still get the dog pick there. Um, I think this will be a very interesting game. I think uh, I could see it going, I mean, I could see it going terribly for Michigan State. I could see Michigan just dominating it. But it is in East Lansing. Michigan State just somehow gets lucky this year. I mean, seven and zero, they they they're playing well, but uh, I'm excited for that one. That'll be on Saturday at noon. So that's my dog. MSU plus three and a half versus Michigan. I'm trying to look for the money line there because if the money line is worth it, that's not a bad pick. It is a noon game, which I hate noon games for right. like the primetime ones. Uh, but right now it's looking like actually the money line is not too. It's not, I thought it was gonna be a little bit more than this. It's uh, actually the spread right now uh, is four and a half. Um, so that's the what, what the one I'm seeing right now. And right, pl- right, right. plus one seventy for Michigan State uh, for right now for the money line. So not a bad not a bad bet if you go with uh, the money line there uh, for it being that close. Um, but anyways, uh, my lock last week was Cincinnati over Navy, and it was the over. Uh, I think, I think it was uh, fifty. Uh, yeah, and you said. lost it by like four points or something. Yeah, because well, the line yeah. moved down to forty-seven uh, or forty-eight and a half. No, it was forty-eight and a half, and I took that in one of my parlays. And of course, uh, Cincinnati uh, said, "Nah, we'll just let Navy hang around," and they, they didn't <laughs> score in the fourth quarter, which made no sense. But anyways, uh, so that lock lost. Obviously, I had plus four with Indy. Indy, uh, you know, uh, whooped up on uh, the Niners last night. So. My lock this week is the Cincinnati Bengals minus nine and a half over the Jets. The Jets just yeah. got shellacked over the Patriots. Now, uh, obviously, Zach Wilson got hurt, but they have a guy named Mike White. Uh, yeah, like, I was watching that game. Yeah, he, he is the worst of the Whites, I guess you could say, when it comes to Pat White from uh, sure. West West Virginia um, uh, for college quarterbacks. Because uh, I, I still think of this Mike White. I don't even know where he – he's like a six-round draft pick from 2018. Uh, so who the right. hell is this guy? Um, but uh, when you're looking at it, minus nine and a half, they just shellacked the Baltimore Ravens, which was crazy to see because they were getting dominated on defense in the first couple quarters. Uh, and then all of a sudden the Bengals just, just got – I'm just know, wondering if this could be a letdown game, though. It could be. It could It could be. That's, that would be my only fear. Yeah. But it the could. Jets are still the Jets. This, so this, it's this, like – yeah. That's what's well, the thing. That's what I'm saying. Is like the Jets. You know, they just lost. Uh, excuse me. They just, um, yeah, lost by 40, and they have Mike White as their. Yeah, I don't think the Jets like ever cover either. Yeah, so, yeah. <laughs> no, then, no, it's it's a good lock. It's so good. we'll see about that one. I mean, I, the number's a little high, but at this point in time, you know, the Bengals are playing really well. So uh, I just think that right now to keep pace, and also I think I don't know if they're tied for the division or they took the lead. I'm not exactly sure. But I think nine and a half is not a terrible number to take. Now, if it gets double digits, that's a little worrisome. Uh, even though I did take the Texans plus twenty one, and they still lost uh, by by twenty five. Uh, um, I took that too. Yeah, yeah that's great. Uh, but um, my dogs this week, FSU. FSU sucked early on in the season. They sucked. They were so bad. What happened to that program since Jimbo Fisher left? I have no idea. But lately, they've been playing really well. And Clemson, Clemson has been just terrible, anemic on offense. Yeah, now, so bad. 
the pit the pit Clemson game was fun to watch stuff like that. Clemson still has a decent defense and stuff like that, so I'm not going to throw the towel in for them. But plus ten, Florida State's getting plus ten at Clemson, and Clemson just can't score. So I mean, you're no. saying right now that Florida State's uh, and you're know, after uh, two or three really good weeks, they're not going to be able to score 14 points, 13 points. Clemson, I don't think Clemson can score 27. So, obviously, Florida State is on a high right now on their nice little win streak they got going. Now, they're still not a great program uh, as of right now. But Clemson, I mean, ukulele is not playing well. That guy is – he's no. hes looking around. He's scared of his protection. I mean, I think Florida State's just going to go out there, balls to the wall. And plus 10, I think that's a pretty good number for a dog. This is the year of the overrated quarterbacks uh, in college oh, yeah. football. Because you mentioned DJ. You mentioned Spencer Radler who Oklahoma ended up benching. Uh, you get uh, also Sam Howell hasn't been that great. Yeah. I mean, a lot of these guys that were like, uh, you know, guys that were preseason Heisman favorites and things like that are really falling to the wayside. Now you just have like Corral and you got the guy from Pitt, their quarterback, yeah, Kenny and Pickett. Like things like that. <laughs> Those are the guys leading the Heisman charge right now. I'm much. all in and for Kenny Pickett. Bryce Young too. But yeah, no, Pickett's good. Um, but so yeah, it's just funny because you just have all these guys that were like, "Oh yeah, Spencer Rattler." I mean, he's got all the highlights uh, and all this sort of stuff. And then it's like this season, those guys have sucked. Yeah. And then Clemson, man, they've fallen. They well, have well, fallen. Well, then Oklahoma almost Trevor lost Lawrence goes to the NFL, and this yeah. team falls apart. And that's the funny thing is that Oklahoma, they literally almost just lost to Kansas. Yeah. And they're they're saying on the broadcast, well, they are they going to think about going back to Spencer Rattler? I mean, th- then if you go back to Spencer Rattler, you know how arrogant he's going to be after that. He's already an arrogant guy. You think they're going to say he's going to be like, well, they couldn't win without me? So it's you guys know, that I would not touch in the draft whatsoever. Oh, yeah. Well, that's the whole thing if, that they were saying about Baker. Football team. <laughs> the ba- ba- they were right. saying the same thing about Baker. They're saying he's arrogant, this and that, this and that. I mean, he obviously is an arrogant guy, but he knows how to play football, and he's actually, a, yeah. I would say, he's above average quarterback. But at the same time, you're looking at Kenny Pickett. Now, I think that Kenny Pickett now is rising his stock a ton. Uh, oh, to a ton. Get, so, but that's the thing, though, is that depending on what the WFT fall to uh, or whatever in the draft, I don't know if he's going to be able to be available. But that's the problem, though. I would love to get a guy like that. He's like six three and a half, something like that, zings it around. Yeah, he's a little bit cocky and stuff like that. But you need a guy like that to go out on your team and, you know, Throw, throw the rock around. I mean, Taylor Heineke, you know, he's not really <laughs> cocky, but he he's having fun out there. So you just need a guy that can be a gunslinger. He kind of reminds me of Justin Herbert. That's what he reminds me of. Justin Herbert's kind yeah. of a cocky guy from Oregon, something like that. But then also now he goes out there and now he's balling. So who yeah. knows? I mean, that's obviously a long ways away, but I think that Kenny Pickett right now is rising in the charts for your boy. Yeah, his stock, buy in on Kenny Pickett, that's for sure. Um, that about does it for this episode. Uh, we're able to touch on a lot today. Oh yeah, all the teams playing, and next episode's going to be big too because it's it's a huge week. I mean, we talked about how the Wizards have a big, big week this week. The Caps, of course, with a couple, you know, with two, three games going on this week as well, and then Washington football team on Sunday uh, taking on Denver. So a lot going on this time of year. Be sure to check out Bird's Eye View, the podcast that Mike and I produce. Um, by Erica McCall, WNBA player, Washington Mystics player, talking about international basketball. Episodes drop every Tuesday morning. And you've got the next episode, episode six, coming out uh, Yeah, tomorrow, uh, talking about overseas food. That is something that Mike and I would listen to, oh, that's yeah. for sure. Uh, just don't eat the onions, as we say. Uh, <laughs> otherwise, you'll, you'll be in trouble. Um, any final thoughts here before we uh, sign off here, Michael? Uh, just, uh, like you said, a bloodbath this weekend with picks. I had about, uh, 10 parlays and about five of them, uh, lost by one play. So instead of uh, making some money to put in some crypto, I ended up losing some money and being salty and getting pissed off and almost waking up my girlfriend last night. Bad, bad, bad beats (laughs) all weekend long. Hopefully the rest of the week, this week goes well betting wise and next weekend, we got to we got to do better. We got to do better this this upcoming weekend than we did last weekend because it was it was rough uh, for Mike for myself uh, in the betting world. Uh, you can follow Mike on Twitter at Sarone sixteen and follow the main show account at the DC crossover. Download the Contender app. It's Contender with a K. Download that app. You can listen to us live. You can listen to us when we occasionally do post-game shows on the Contender after Washington football team games and things like that. And some of the other content on the channel as well. For Mike Cerrone, I'm Ben Simpson. We will see you next time. 
has been another episode of the DC Crossover.